Kanichiwa. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. This is Peyton Jones. That was one of those times where I can't stop laughing before we actually get started. <laughs> and you are listening to the Church Planner Podcast. And on today's episode, we're talking about spiritual gifts. What are they good for? Oh, wait, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not a bad title, actually. You're cool. You're rolling. I like it. I like it. And if this is your first time joining us on the old Church Planner Podcast, it might be your last time, but we hope it's not. Because right now we do a little something that Peyton and I enjoy more than the podcast, and it's called Smack Talk. I think you enjoy it more than the podcast. I, I really do. <laughs> I told I don't you think anyone else that I went to college and majored in radio TV film because I wanted to be a radio DJ in the morning. So Yeah, that is true. And you know what's funny is like this is kind of like I don't know. Like it's so many things as podcasts. It's kind of like the peanut butter and the chocolate. You put them together, you get a Reese's. Remember dipping steaks when you're a kid? You got like three packs of sugar and then you got the white candy dipstick and you dipped it in there. Remember that? No. Your saliva. It was really gross. You'd, you'd share it with people too. Here, you have some. You take this like white candy dipstick, put it in your mouth. It looked like a, like a, a lady finger, man. You stick it in there. And then uh, it gets covered with like it, it looked like a lady finger. Sugar. What the heck is a what? lady finger? It's like a type of cookie. It's hard to describe what what this is shaped like, like a little jump drive or something. I don't know. <laughs> and you dip it in there, and your saliva makes all that sugar stick to it. And then you just eat it. It's like a, a sugar nightmare, right? And uh, but you gotta have both, and you don't know. You're like, should I just eat the sugar packet? Or should I just chomp on the dipstick? But no, you eat them together. And that's our podcast. It's like goober and grape. You got to have the PB and the J. It's like those yogurt packs. You, you get the yogurt and now you get the chocolate and the nut pack on the side and you flip them up into each other. And once you go there, you can't go back, right? I'm, I'm going to stop right there because we prayed. <laughs> Literally, this is, guys, we always pray before we start the podcast. You know, because we want to be a blessing to you guys and not just be a total knuckleheads. And I've, I've had this story that I've literally been sitting on for a week. Can't wait to tell Peyton the story. Cause, and he kept trying to get it out of me. I'm like, no, I got to save it for the podcast. Got to save it for the podcast. And so this morning, right before we get on the podcast, he starts to pray. And he just goes, Lord, please grant Pete wisdom. <laughs> and just kind of <laughs> leaves it right there. And he's just like, and he just starts laughing. He goes, you got to love any prayer that starts with, please grant Pete wisdom. <laughs> because because I told him, I go, you know, I'm going to be straight with you, man. This may not shine the best light on yours truly because, well. This is dashboard confessional time, and we did pray. And and I ended up just telling him, maybe I should just pray for you after you share your story that I've never heard. All right. So here's the deal, guys. 
If you listen to last week's episode, you know I was really excited because we recorded that on Thursday. And later that day, I was thinking about I was going to be buying a car, right? Because we need a new car. We need a family car. <laughs> I love I love that I call this a family car. So we ended up getting the Dodge Charger RT, which is uh, it's the Hemi. It's the big engine. And let me tell you, man, Peyton, you're going to love this thing. When you get inside and you hit the gas, it just takes off. Like I've already left skid, uh, um, you know, skid marks from just hitting the, uh, just hitting the gas at the stop signs all over my neighborhood. I'm sure my neighbors just hate me right now. So, um, and that's too bad for them. So anyway, here's the deal. I well, pretty the much trains going by, so I'm on mute. But I, I do want to say I looked up a video of it, and they're cop cars. Them, uh, not the newer ones. High speed chase cop cars. Not the newer ones. But yeah, there there are a lot of Dodge Charger uh, cop cars because they looked really cool and mean. But uh, the 2017s, it's a, it's a, I don't know what year they did the redesign, but man, the thing looks just awesome. And I, I joke, I joked on Facebook because uh, I, I went to this uh, event last Friday and, uh, and it was down in San Diego. So I drove the, the new car down there and I valeted it. And they parked it like right in front of everything. And it was like right across from the Lambo and they had all the Mercedes and it was in front of the Porsche. And I'm like, yeah, you know, you got a good family car when they park it right across from the Lambo. And uh, I mean, the thing's just hot, right? Love this thing. Horrible gas mileage as if I care at all about the gas mileage. Remember that conversation from last week? And uh, and by the way, on a side note, I, I can see you're typing something and not really paying attention to my story, which kind of hurts a little bit. But uh uh, by the way, I did get a new pair of uh, Star Wars underwear. Just thought I'd let you know. I'm back, but uh, <laughs> b- but they are black. So I mean, that was that was good. They're not white. They're not white. Okay. Anyway, back to my story. So here's the deal. We go in, and uh, we already we had already negotiated the price, so we knew what the price was. And you know how at car dealers, you pretty much can't trust them at all. Well, these guys literally lied to my face on no less than three occasions on direct questions that I asked them. Yep. I've had that. And I think they thought that I was like everyone else they dealt with. I mean, that's the only thing I can chalk it up to. Okay. So basically, the lie came down to this. They said, in order for me to get this rate on the financing, the low rate, I had to buy all this crap, you know, the extended warranty, all this other. And I keep looking at them and I go, why in the world does the bank care if I have an extended warranty? Like, that doesn't make any sense at all. And so they had, you know, the beautiful lie for that. So anyway, you know, I'm doing the compare and contrast. I'm like, All right, whatever. Makes more sense. We'll go ahead and do that. So then we go to the finance guy and he writes everything up. Well, by this point, we'd been there for three hours with two kids, a five-year-old and a two-year-old. So my kids were like off the wall. Right. And it's like, just sign everything, sign it, sign it and go. I've done that too. So we sign everything. Now, apparently there's a new law in California where the dealerships have to offer people 72 hours to uh, change their mind. But they have to pay for this option. Now, I didn't know that it was costing us $250 to have this 72-hour right of, you know, bring back the car. Wait, so this is not an option for you. They have to offer it? 
they have to or offer it, but I don't it. have to take it oh, for the okay. 250. They didn't tell me it was 250. And by this point, you know, three hours there, two kids screaming. It's like, just sign everything. Well, that ended up being one of their biggest mistakes ever. Because I get home at six o'clock at night. I start reading through the contract. Actually, no, it was after dinner. So it's probably seven o'clock and I start reading through the contract. Now, I guess they figure most people are so excited they don't actually read everything. Right. So all of a sudden, this, you know, quote unquote, extended warranty, which I thought was total crap. And they're like, oh, here's the form that you can send in and it'll cancel it off. Uh, just wait four months. And I'm like, okay, wait four months. That means you guys have already made your commission. You uh, you don't care if I cancel it off then because you've already been paid. Like, I'm, I'm doing the math. I'm a salesman. I know what the deal is, right? I read this thing. And now it's $4,500, not 3000 And then it clearly says on the form, you do not need to buy any of this crap to get this financing. It clearly Whoa. says that. I went from upset to over the moon, seeing red. I mean, I am wow. just, I have blown my top. You in a determinator mode. So I call up the guy. You know, I get some gal on the phone. Oh, who'd you like to talk to? I go, give me the general manager. Oh, he's gone for the day. Give me someone with with a male anatomy who can make some decisions. Like I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I did not say. Oh, that. dude, I am, I am. Like I said, <laughs> this isn't showing me in the best light, right? Because I am just livid. Well, it turns you know, out I'm not a priest, right? Like I can't do anything for you on the other side of this. <laughs> I can't give you Hail Marys or absolution. You can give me Hail Marys. It just aren't going to do any good. So, <laughs> so the guy gets on the phone, the guy who lied to my face and, and I am just going off on him. And, and he's like, Oh, you know, just come back, come in right now. We'll fix it. Come in right now. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're going to fix it. So I get in the car Get down there. Now it's probably about 8, 8.30 at night. And I walk into the showroom. I see the guy. And I'm shaking. I'm so mad, right? I mean, I'm like, I am ready to just go to town. Now, keep in mind, this is one of the major car dealers in Southern California. Apparently, they're the largest in the country, whatever, right? They all say that. And I'm in the showroom, salespeople everywhere, customers everywhere salesmen sitting down at their desk trying to negotiate and i see him the uh -oh. guy who <laughs> lies to my face i see him and i go over there with the contract and i start going off and the more i talk the more upset i get the louder my voice gets next thing you know everyone Salespeople, customers, negotiating their deals, everyone has stopped and all eyes are on me. And I am just <laughs> living. I'm going down it. And, I, and he goes, Oh, I, I think we had a misunderstanding. I think we had a misunderstanding. I didn't understand your question. I go, Did I stutter? <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I am like, No. No, I'm go. What kind of person looks someone in the eyes and does this? What kind of person could do this? And, I, and it is just like everyone has stopped. Why? And, and Why? I'm like, just what kind of soul do you not have? And and I am, 
I, I will fully admit I had some choice words as I was describing how I felt about the experience and this crap that they made me buy. Right. I mean, just right. And I'm like, you, so this was a $4,500 lie. It was a $4,500 oh lie. Gosh. I mean, that's not small, right? That's huge. So I am just, I, I'm over the moon, man. And at this point, they are like, do whatever it takes to get this man off the showroom floor. He's screwing up our sales because, like, who is going to believe the lie now? Because apparently this is their standard lie. I mean, that's what I found out from talking to someone else. This is this is how they sell. And and I've just screwed it up for everyone else that's in there, you know, they're, and they're trying to pull this crap on them. I mean, I, I totally just, I nail them. So yeah. they take me to the... Uh, excuse me, to the guy who uh, did all of our financing. And, um, and so this guy has been warned, right? So he, right. he's like, oh man, I got to deal with another one of these. Cause you know, he's been in the car business. I'm not the first guy that's just gone off on them. Right. So, um, so, and at this point I'm trying to like hold back. I'm like, dude, I know it's not your fault. I know you just, you know, been thrown into this. You were thrown into this earlier. I get that. But these people boldface lied to me. And I go, here's it says right here, I don't need to have any of this crap. And he goes, so what do you want us to do? I go, take it all off. I don't want any of it. Well, long story short, we have to put everything under Jamie's name because those that know my story know I got a lot of crap in my uh, my credit report. So I just didn't even want it. I like I don't want anything even tied to me. So we did it all under right. Jamie's. And Jamie didn't come back because we had the kids and all that. So he's like, uh, you know, come back with her and, and we'll just have her resign everything and we'll fix it. So I'm like, all right, well, we'll be back on Sunday, like like two hours before my 72 hours are up when I can return the car. Right. Right. And uh, and part of me is like, dude, you know what? I'm, I mean, half of me just wants to write a check for the full amount and just be like, look, I'm paying cash for it because then they would lose even more money because right. they're not financing it. They're not selling me anything else. And I, I'm imagine i mean they they really didn't want me to do that right i mean because they were the whole time they're like oh no you know you, you don't need to do that and i'm like yeah i realize it. you guys make money on all this other jazz so anyway we go back on sunday and uh, we got to wait around for like 45 minutes to finally get into to see the guy and he's just like tiptoeing because he knows just how upset we are and by by this point though on sunday we're waiting and we had to wait like i said like 45 minutes and it's really windy, and so we're sitting inside the office, and, and this one guy comes up, and he's like, uh, uh, oh, uh, are, are you guys returning a car? Because I had all the paperwork there, and I go, and I'm just, I just look at him and go, if you guys don't fix it, we're returning it. And, uh, and he's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll make sure, uh, I think the guy's name was Noah, I'll make sure Noah knows that, that you're here. And so Jamie just looks at me, and she goes, are you getting more upset the longer we have to wait here? And I'm like, no, at this point, I mean, I'm not even upset at all anymore. Like I had, I had already gone to the moon for like right. days. And so on Sunday I was like, I don't have any energy, man. I'm not upset. It's like, you're either going to fix this. I'm going to buy the car cash. Cause I knew I wasn't going to actually turn it back in. <laughs> I mean, I loved right. that car. I was like, dude, yeah. this, this is, this is, this is Pete's new car. <laughs> and, uh, where he named it? It's, it's, it's the black beauty. No, but it's just, uh, it actually looks like <laughs> Knight Rider and they have this 8.4 inch screen, um, in the, in the, you know, like, a 
backup cameras and all that stuff. And it's got like these lines that make it look like kit. I kid you not. No like way. one of the background designs looks like kit. And I'm like, Oh, that's the background is design. That, on my is that car. What you sent me a picture of? No, no, that was something different. That was, I app. thought that was kit. <laughs> that was kit. That was an app called okay, kit. All right, all right. So, uh, so anyway, they, they ended up fixing it. It ends up saving us. Cause then the guy goes, look, I, I, we want to make this right. So here's what we can do. We can take everything off. No problem. Here's what your new payment will be. And I kept telling the guys, I'm like, I don't care about the payment because we're pro- planning on just paying the whole thing off in the first year. Like I just wanted it for the credit history to help our credit get better. And I, I didn't want to actually keep it for whatever it was, five, six yeah. year loan. I was just yeah. like, I'm going to pay it off in the first year. Cause I literally could have just bought the car cash, right? but my money is better off, not in a depreciating asset. It's better off in my account so I can run ads. Cause you know, I got a business to run. Right. Yeah. 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 So, um, so anyway, I, I I even caught that guy in a lie, like. But at that point, I was like, I don't even care anymore. I I none of you. Oh, people, he lied to you on the Sunday. He lied to me on the Thursday when I had come back. Oh right. Because okay. one of his lines was, he goes, "Well, let me show you what our actual hard costs on this are," and it was like thirty six hundred, and uh, and he goes, "So you know, we're actually." losing money because we're also throwing it and i'm like dude shut up dude i'm like first of all there is no way on god's green earth that an extended warranty costs thirty six hundred dollars because there's no way this car is going to have thirty six hundred dollars worth of repairs in the time span that it needs to have which is basically over three years right and so anyway i caught him in the lie because when i came back on sunday he goes look you know we can strip everything out here's what we can do for you he goes, because I, you know, you had to come back in here. I can give it to you for $1 over our cost. And now that happens to be $1,700, right? And I'm like, on Thursday, you idiot, you showed me 36 is your hard cost. So this is right. the other hard cost. I'm like, you guys are so full of it. Like They're still trying to sell you the extended warranty. They're still, but that one actually made more sense because that one was a 10-year. And I was oh. like, dude, I'll do a 10 year for 1700 because the odds of something going wrong in 10 years is better. And, and at 1700, I was like, okay, that actually makes more mathematical sense to me. Right. So that one I was totally cool with. And what's funny is, so I was just, and long story short, it ended up saving us $2,800. So I was like, dude, I was so glad that I just went off on you guys, but I would never shop at Huntington beach, Ford, Jeep, Dodge, Cherokee, never <laughs> shop there ever. And, um, yeah. And, and so my neighbor, they're all the same. They are, they are all the same. Well, my neighbor, he works in the auto industry. Like he's a, a service. He runs the service manager of parts for, uh, uh, he's been doing it his whole life. Right. And so he's there Thursday or Sunday night. And I'm like, Hey man, can you help me uh, put my booster seat in? Cause he's certified to do all that stuff. So I know he knew that cause I couldn't figure it out. Right. So he comes over and I'm telling him my story and, and he just looks at me and he goes, there's probably one ethical car salesman out there. I've never met him, but there has to be one. And this yeah. is a guy who yeah. works in the industry. Like he's at one of the major uh, companies in uh, Buena Park and, and yeah. runs their whole service division. And then he just goes, 85% of them are liars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was just the lawyers who didn't actually have the gumption to get an education go to work. Well, and I made the comment. I, I was like, I said something about the mortgage industry. And he goes, where do you think all those guys went after the mortgage industry collapsed? Yep. Like the subprime guys were, because I worked with them so much, they were the most unethical people you'd ever meet. Yeah. And I'm like, great. So now they're selling warranties at the car dealers. 
pretty much. So, I mean, I just, I, I was, I was livid. But the funniest part though, is just everyone stops. Everyone's staring at Pete <laughs> and I'm just laying into this guy. Just, you know, did I stutter? <laughs> well, I think we had a misunderstanding, sir. Did I stutter when I asked you? It was so funny, man. It was. I really hope I ruined their sales that night. I really. Oh, did. you did. You pretty much. Well, there are people sitting there who are like, "I've already been here two hours. I'm, make, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing." You know, they were probably this. like, "So they are full of crap." <laughs> you know, that's that's. You think? Oh did, yeah. Did, did you feel like you actually did kill those sales? Oh yeah. There's no way. There is no way anybody in there was leaving with a financed car. They were either paying cash or leaving. Cause nice, you I I exposed them. I totally exposed their whole lie, and oh, so I used you actually their. Went into the details of their financing. Oh yeah, I go. He goes, oh, that's not what it means. I go, really? Let me read it to you word for word right here on the contract. And I read the whole line, top of my lungs, and I'm like, <laughs> so explain to me again how I have to buy that crap. Uh, uh. We'll take care of this right away. <laughs> I mean, Are you like, serious? Yes. I'm no, reading no. to you right on the legalese. Read it <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. I was like, you freaking car dealers. So, yeah. Well, I, in one sense, brother, there's there's a sense of justice there that somebody got caught, exposed. And, you know, I'm yeah, sure they the fact care. they said, we'll make this right. That's, you know, there's, there's a piece of us that's rejoicing, you know, with... Uh, because we've all been, I have, I had guys flat out light in my face and uh, I lit up um, Yelp and all the reviews and I was not the only one. My only regret was that I had not read the reviews before, but I mean, you talk about bold face lies. Oh yeah. Right to your they face. Were, they were lying big time. Yeah. And uh, they, they, and two of them, I had two guys on me telling the same lie. And, uh, and I lit him up and the manager called me and when he read my review, here's the thing is when you make a writer angry, that, that doesn't bode well for you because not in today's day and age, that's for sure. No. When a writer gets mad at you, um, we're eloquent and we can, we can express things. <laughs> There's an art form. There's a dark gift that some of us possess that we, we try not I don't, to I don't have the writer's gift. I have the, I'm going to get everyone's attention and expose you gift. Yeah. So they called me up and begged me to remove it. And I said, I'll edit it, but I will not remove it. And they were like, okay. And then, and then the big boss, um, he read it and he was like, okay, we, we retract our previous offer. If that doesn't come down. And I said, it's staying. Because there's a bigger issue here than the, I think it was like one or 2,000. At that time, that was like, I mean, that's hey, a lot that's of money. Still a huge amount of money. It's a total but lot of at money. That time, yeah. At that time, I was like, nope, it's staying up because I've read the other reviews on here. And as a matter of principle, other people need to be warned about you guys. You've been doing this to people a long time. Yep. And so my review stays. And, and the I thing is, I looked at all the car dealers uh, and none of them were good. Like they were all on Yelp one and two stars. Yeah. And I was like, so it's just the whole industry. Like it really is as bad as everyone says it is. I mean, when was the last time I bought a car? It was like 2005 was literally yeah. the last time I bought a car. Cause this, this was, uh, this was a, a Honda dealership that had actually changed their name. 
Oh, because they were so bad. Reputation was so bad that they changed their name to get away from it. And so that's what I put on their new site. And there were other people on there and they were bringing up the name change. You know, these, these guys used to be this and, you know, we knew their reputation it was the same guys, you know? So yeah. anyways, it, it was a justice issue for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it, it's so funny because in my, uh, my Bivo business growth consulting course for church planners, <laughs> which is proudly sponsoring the church planner podcast today. Um, one of the guys in there was like, Hey, you know what guys, uh, these used car dealers, man, they got all kinds of margin and we could really go in there and help them. And all these guys are like getting really excited. And I just go in there and I'm like, guys, man, I don't think you want to be working with used car dealers. They have a reputation for a reason. Yes. You can help them make more sales. I don't think you want to help them make more sales. And Ben, I believe it was Ben Hartel. He gets in there. He's one of the, uh, the church planners from Santa Cruz who's in the course. And he starts talking to the guys. He goes, guys, I used to work for these guys. And Pete's right. You do not want to work with with car dealers. And then after having this experience, I'm like, yeah, you really don't. I don't want to help those guys make any more sales. They're not you know ethical. That ben is one of my old, when I used to teach church planning at the university courses online. Get out of town. He was one of my, he was one of my students. No way. Five years ago, Ben Hartel. Yeah. No, before kidding. they had planted up in Santa Cruz, they were uh, they were getting ready to do it. Dude, so. Ben is a cool guy, man. He's, He's a very a cool really guy. cool guy. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I know most of those guys. There's only a couple that I didn't know that were in there, and uh, yeah. So, hey, well, should we uh, should we go ahead? Hey, and today's podcast is also brought to you by Hardcore Church Planning, Woo-hoo! sister podcast. Church Planner Magazine, which does exist, by the way. Some of you guys, uh, you probably you probably think we're just called Church Planner, but we have a magazine that's called Church Planner. It's pretty good. And number three, reachingtheunreachbook.com. Nice. Which is my next book. That's what I'm talking about. And who's it being published by? Zondervan. Notice, guys, May. that wasn't it's- Peyton Jones publishing. It's a real publisher. It's a real made from trees book and it drops on May 16, 2017. I'm going to be interviewed by Daniel M from new churches on May 4th, star Wars day. May the fourth be with you. Let me hear you. Holla. (laughs) 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 So now that I've just gone through and told my, my awesome story of, uh, of not having the, uh, the, the the fruit of the spirit. Uh, let's talk about spiritual gifts, shall we? You know, you know, I actually did not cringe or wince once. I actually think that is a great testimony to sanctification for you because uh, I think it could have been worse, Pete. It could have been worse, and I I only had my choice words a few times. Yeah, it's good. See, in the in the other Pete, it would have been. Oh, much- it would have it would have started out and ended with. It would have not have been directed towards the stuff. It would have been directed towards the guy. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, hey, there's growth. You know, it, it may only be at a snail's pace. <laughs> well, as A. David would say, there's grace for you, too. That's all Amen, I kept thinking. Brother. There's grace Amen. for me, baby. <laughs> there's grace for you, too. And what's so cool about A. David is he is constantly talking to people. He is an African-American minister. And uh, I love watching that guy. He'll be talking to people on Facebook, and that's how he'll end everything. Is but there's grace for you too. 
that's that's how he that's how he keeps it real yeah keeps it spirit centered and jesus focused so well it was interesting too man (laughs) excuse me what was interesting is one time i saw his conversation and and someone thought he was belittling them because he's like oh there's grace for you too like their point of view and so that guy called a david out on it and a david goes no 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 you don't understand i'm reminding myself that there's grace for you that's it. And when you look at it like that, it like changed the whole context. He was yeah. reminding himself not to get angry with someone else's point of view. Absolutely. And it was like, wow, that was powerful. That's that's how he kind of that's how he can walk away from it is kind of like, you know what? The Lord loves you nonetheless. He he's he's died for you. He's poured his his spirit into you. Boom, and I have to leave it there. Yeah. Cuz you're his responsibility. Right. And, and it, and it works, man. And it's like that guy, it, one of the most powerful things I've seen speaking of love over, you know, conquering good, um, which you, you failed at miserably in that car dealership. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I did love the car. I love the car. Does that, does that count? <laughs> but, but the, uh, if, if you're new to the podcast, you have to understand Pete and I are like best friends. We, we, we do this all the time. There's, uh, please don't write in and go, I think what Pete did was wrong. Um, this yes, is I know what Pete did was wrong, but deal with it. <laughs> this, this, this segment needs to be called dashboard confessional, <laughs> very fitting title for this. So here, here's the deal. We, uh, 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 I, I, I had heard this story of a guy, he was, he was in the news and he had a closet full, I think it was somewhere around 50, uh, KKK robes and hoods oh yeah yeah i saw that and he it, it was that was probably the most powerful it was more than 50 it was 200 was it really yeah and and what he would do is he would he would encounter white supremacists and racists and clan clan members and he would he would chat with them and he would be like hey can can i talk to you and they'd be like go away and you know blah, blah. and he'd be like look why don't you just sit down and have a have a cup of coffee with me and what he would do is he he would start off with a question. He'd say, why do you hate me so much? And he would just listen to all the racism, all the, the abuse. And he'd just talk with him. He'd say, well, I'd like to meet with you again, you know, and um, hear more. And he'd just talk to him and get to know him and <laughs> in his closet. So like P said, over 200 rubs and hoods, man, that were like trophies of people. Eventually what would happen is they would get to know him, realize they were wrong. He obviously, like he was a total Christian. He would also be sharing the gospel, and they would come to faith. Or, or was he a would, Christian? See, I didn't remember reading that. So he was a Christian. He That's was a total Christian in the article I read. Read, and what would happen is they would eventually hand over. He would ask him, "Can I have your hood? You know, can I have your can I have your robes and hood?" And he has them hanging up. They're like trophies. And it's it's a it's a powerful reminder of how love overcomes hate. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. Okay. So should we get into it? Great. I want to make more jokes. But it's I'm time not. for this week's topic. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Bear with me because uh Pete and I established a signal. What was your signal when you want to say something? <laughs> <laughs> so that way, because it can't go into lecture mode on this, we got to talk about spiritual gifts because obviously we've talked about the five rules now. And we're, we're leading up to my book, which is a mobilization book, Reaching the Unreached, 
becoming Raiders of a Lost Ark. Cha-ching! And the, uh, the book is really a mobilization book. It's, it's the next part of Ephesians 4 where it says, you know, God has given the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Uh, that's great. That was church zero. Cha-ching! But now we're into the next book, which is the equipping of the saints. What did the Holy Spirit do at Pentecost? The Spirit fell, and that's kind of the big deal in my book is, like, for example, yesterday, because um, I got the the book coming out, um, uh, is it Bible Gateway, the big um, scripture site online? I have no so idea. I'm doing an interview with them, and they were like, hey, we want you to comment on this this study that was done on people evangelizing. And it's something like uh, 7% of evangelicals, and they're the highest percentage share their faith um, on a monthly basis. Really? So once a month, 7% of evangelicals share their faith mm. um, one time. So uh, anyways, you know, so they're like, what do you think of this? And it falls in perfectly with my book. So after this big interview, they wanted me to comment on that. And I'm like, look, it just says everything that I'm saying in this book. And that is Jesus tells them, look, wait, you need this empowering. And we're living in a time of drought. We're, we're, we're in a time where, you know, it hasn't rained in California forever. And we say we're in a drought. Well, this year that drought ended. I mean, we had a deluge of rain this mm-hmm. year. I mean, so much rain. It looks like Hawaii here at the moment. And so, you know, and I said in, in the way that we have this hardwired into the universe, this is also a spiritual condition. And when the deluge happens again, it's called revival when we have an outpouring when the holy spirit and and of course you got pentecost where it's the empowering for mission jesus tells him you'll be my witnesses you'll be empowered you'll see power from on high and then um they they go and they share and they witness and you know they're beaten and they go right back to prayer in acts chapter four and they pray again the spirit it says this time shakes the building alights upon them again fills them. It says that they arose filled with the Holy Spirit and preached the gospel with boldness so that many more were added. So there was this empowering again. And so I point out that, look, this Pentecost was not like a one-time deal, right? I hold to to Lloyd-Jones's very powerful um, uh, exposition of of this whole, we talked about systematic and biblical well, Lloyd Jones has a systematic of, you know, revival and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And so my book kind of builds on that. It quotes from Tozer a lot. But really, when Peter stub up, stood up at Pentecost, they're like, what is this? And Peter quotes Joel in answer to it. And he says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon your sons and daughters. Your old men will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. And and he, and he says, this promise is for you and for all of your children and as many as will call upon the Lord our God. And so what I'm pointing out to is, look, guys, this is an ongoing thing. Like this is as many as will call. This is a promise for all believers. And every time that the spirit is there, if we will rely upon him for empowering. And I said, basically what you're seeing Today, as a result of those statistics, is us trying to do it all ourselves. And we we just can't. And the letters to the seven churches my book opens up with is Jesus kind of talking to them 
when they've kind of left him in the dust. And he's like, look, you can't do this. I told you at Pentecost, you needed to wait. You need to wait on me. You needed this empowering. Then you'll be my witnesses. And we still haven't learned that lesson. Mm. So the, the, the book is basically about leadership's responsibility is to do what Peter did. And that is look at the people, the men, the women, the children, the old men, the old ladies in front of you and say, this is for you. We're not going to do this for you. This is for you. The, the spiritual gifts are something that are for all of you. And you will prophesy and you will dream dreams. And, and what you're seeing here, this empowering, this is for all of you. And so reaching the unreach, becoming Raiders of a Lost Art, Chiching is a book. And this isn't actually the podcast about that book. That's coming. But this is really about that next part of Ephesians going on for that leadership of if my job is to equip the saints, then an apostle equips a congregation in a certain way. The prophet equips the congregation in a certain way. The evangelist equips the congregation in a certain way. I'm going to stop there because you see where that's going. But we need to talk about the spiritual gifts. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm going. I dig it. I dig it. So let me start off. And and let me let, let me actually dovetail into uh, a story that happened this week that has nothing to do with my car. That <coughs> excuse us guys, both of us have a cough, and I swear we haven't been around each other. So it's not like we we gave it to each other. Um, go on, go on, say it. We haven't been kissing. <laughs> <laughs> Just said that to make you uncomfortable. I made it weird. I got Tyrone to stop saying "I love you, man" when he hangs up the phone to me because of. He heard the podcast where I'm like, dude, I hate it when he says that. And so now he doesn't say it to me anymore. And I'm like, all right, all right. My masculinity is now intact. I don't think I've ever told you I loved you. Don't. Seriously. I don't think I ever have. That'll end the podcast right there. Isn't that like an old Van Morrison song? Have I told you lately that I loved you? Isn't that Probably. Van Morrison? Right? I don't know who sings. but uh. Okay, all right. So, uh, so I'm at this event uh, on Tuesday. And this is with one of my clients and she's a, a real estate coach. And so we were putting on this big two day event and we had, I don't know, 250 people there. And one of her coaches went up to speak. And so he's trying to, to make a point. And I, I don't even know what his point was. He goes, let me tell you a little story about a guy by the name of Saul of Tarsus. And <laughs> let me tell you a little ditty. About Jack and Diane. I'm listening. Sound like. Yeah, I'm listening to his story, and all I'm thinking in the back of my head is, this is some of the worst theology I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, okay, you clearly don't understand the story, and you're making up stuff and throwing it in, and this is no, you, you you've like I realized he was trying to connect with an audience. And he's just using a, a, you know, to him, it was probably just, oh, it's an old fable that we probably all know. And let yeah. me sh share it to you in another light. Right. So I'm, that's all I'm thinking in the back of my head is really bad theology. So then I get up there and I do my little piece on marketing. And, and at one of the breaks, this gal comes up to me and she goes, uh, is there any way that, uh, that I could talk to you, you know, outside of this whole event? And I'm like, what? Like, I, I didn't understand where she's going. And, and I'm like, well, look, just so you know, anything I do with, uh, with real estate, uh, agents, I only do through Excellium, um, my, my client's company. Cause I'm like, you know, I don't want to, um, <laughs> I don't want to in any way damage my relationship 
with uh, my client. And honestly, it's like, you know, it's not worth it to me for whatever they would pay me to work with them individually. It's so not worth it. And she starts talking and she's like, and finally I understood what she was saying. Cause she's like, yeah, there's too much religious stuff here. And, and uh, she's like, I've been really hurt by Christians in the past. So, I mean, I really can't. And I, like, at first I had I'm like, what do you mean? There's too much religious stuff. And then I realized, Oh, it was the really bad Saul of Tarsus theology story that this guy was trying to use. But it, it on one level, it was like, I was like, man, I don't know how to respond to this. Cause I, first of all, I'm thinking you realize you chose the one guy here who's probably actually more religious than anyone else. <laughs> and you said this to him and I'm like thinking, cause that other stuff is like, I don't even know where he came up with it, but it was just something you said made me think of that, of just the whole, uh, you know, how we approach people and how we, we talk to them and, and, yeah. um, Man, I tell you, we can really damage people. You know? We can. And and this is the thing. It, 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 along those lines, it's kind of what's happened with the whole idea of the gifts. Um, whenever I, – I don't know about you, but it, it used to be for me. And even still, I you know, the Bible says test the spirits. I would hear people, like, all of a sudden they mention the gifts. And I'd be like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Where are you coming? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Where are you coming from? Right? Because, you know – Corinthians is a real thing. I mean, the book of Corinthians, it happened and it still happens. And there are still people. Now, nowhere does Paul say um, we should write off spiritual gifts. He just goes, look, you got to rein that in. And there are people that just go crazy, go nuts and are just frankly weird. And I, I got to be honest with you. When when Peter was asked, hey, is this a new winding? And go, yeah, and start screaming and acting weird. I'm drunk in the spirit. Um, what Peter did is he gave a very rational response and said, this is not new wine. Taverns aren't even open yet. But what this is, is what Joel spoke about. You know, he didn't like go even more nuts. Um, and, and guys, being weird is not a hallmark of spirituality. I mm. have a low tolerance for people passing off strangeness as spiritual. It, in fact, it makes me really angry because there are things that the prophets did that just don't fly, like taking your clothes off. Um, now, nobody's gone that weird yet today, but that was a direct command by God to go to a king and, you know, do certain things for shock value. And, and I dig that and I'm good with that. But in the New Testament, you never see anything like that. And I want to talk in a very um, sane and hopefully challenging because those of you that that are happy to believe in the gifts but never see them practiced, I'm not cool with that either because that means that you're paying lip service to something that you say you believe but your life hasn't caught up to. And and I get it. You know, I, I was a, a fan of Lloyd-Jones. He very much believed they were active. Um, but in most reformed churches, you would not, even in, you know, like when Driscoll, Driscoll was a uh, continuationist, meaning that he believes the gifts continued today. And Acts 29, you know, was a movement full of continuationists. But if you went to the average uh, church, and this isn't bagging on Acts 29, this is typical of, of any reformed continuationist, or even Calvary Chapel, my background, back when I was in Calvary, 
um, where we believed in it, but you didn't really ever see it practiced. And that's not really much good either because you're kind of just saying, yeah, it's there, but we don't use it. So it'd be like Pete's charger sitting in the garage. Meanwhile, he keeps taking the Eurostar or the minivan, you know, all the time. And it's like, well, that's not what a charger was for. It wasn't there to sit in the garage. So um, just to, to kind of go into some of the background on the gifts. Remember, Pete, you just ah, whenever you have to. <laughs> Good. Ah. Okay, yes, Pete. Uh, uh, just to let everyone know, Peyton and I are starting a new podcast called Taking Charger. <laughs> Didn't we say that was yeah. going to be the, the name of last week's episode? <laughs> no, we were like, oh, let's start a new podcast, Taking Charger. That's what we're going to call it. Uh, your love for your car might be just passing over that line there, pal. I'm just saying. I know. I, I'm counting the minutes till I get a speeding ticket, like literally. <laughs> So, so it, it, verse one of First uh, Corinthians, Paul talks about the spirituals. Okay, um, he he mentions um, to those of you who are spiritual, I write, and 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 there, I think he's being sarcastic when he writes that to those of you who are spiritual, and I think they were hyper spiritual. They really had used the gifts as a way of seeing themselves better than other people. Um, and there was weird stuff going on. So you, you know that Paul's already been calling them all throughout the, 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 uh, the, the letter he's been calling them carnal. He repeats that phrase Hmm. multiple times that you're carnal. And so when he, when he calls them spiritual right before the gifts, he's actually kind of, he's, he's being a bit sarcastic and, and just to let you know, there is no connection between the gifts and your spirituality. In other words, character and gifting are in two completely separate buckets. Really? That's why you can have a guy who is sleeping with prostitutes, doing cocaine, doing all that stuff, which if you've never heard of a preacher doing that, just turn on um, Channel 40 TV and God, God Channel. It's there. And uh, it was a big thing in the 80s. You should have been there. Uh, but but the reality is, meanwhile, this guy's leading all kinds of people to faith. His church is growing. He's a great communicator. Giftedness and character are two different things. That's why when Paul says someone should be an elder or a deacon, he speaks about their character. He The only time he says giftedness, he says able to preach. But that's it. You know, able. Doesn't have to be a superstar, but his character is more important than anything because giftedness and character are different. So when you see someone operating in the gifts, and I will tell you, there is a connection between the amount of um, effectiveness that you can have um, when you're when you're fasting, when you're praying, um, because it's dependence upon the Lord. So that is a principle in Scripture for sure. But do not ever see someone's gift like you. You see, they have the gift of prophecy or healing, and assume, whoa, that person must be way spiritual. Otherwise, how else do they uh, have that kind of power? We'll look at Peter. Peter's biggest screw up and failure. 40 days earlier, he denied Jesus three times. And, or sorry, 50 days earlier, he denied Jesus three times. Um, he was not the, I mean, that was less than two, it was like six weeks earlier. Yeah. But, you know, I don't think you could really use him as the example because he, he, he might have been a screw up, but he was still Peter. I mean, he, he was, was still Peter. an incredible leader. 
in but, the church. But my point is, I'm not saying his character wasn't there, but what I'm saying is often when God uses you, it is not, he, your gift isn't like, well, you were given this gift because you're so holy. When you're saved, you're given gifts, right? When the spirit comes in you, the gifts are the outflowing, the outworking of the Holy Spirit through Pete, right? It's the outworking of the, of the Holy Spirit through Peyton. And it's not because I'm holy that I have gifts. Do you understand? So, I understand what you're saying. I just, for me, I find I find this topic difficult. And that's why I said, you know, this is definitely going to be one that, that we interact on because I don't understand the gifts. And as many times as I've heard people talking about the gifts, I'm like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it because I mean, I don't, I don't know that I have any gifts. I don't oh, know that I have any you spiritual have the gift gifts. giving, and you definitely no, have the gift it's not, not if even you though you don't hug people, even though <laughs> you want to have the gift of compassion. <laughs> That's just comedy, man. But you do. No, <laughs> I have the gift of giving you a piece of, of my mind, baby. <laughs> you know who you have compassion for is church planners. And and the proof of it is this podcast, which would not have happened without you. The magazine, which would not. So much of what we do would not have happened if you hadn't developed a heart for church planners because they're on the front lines. And and, and okay, but karate man, right, so let, let's say you. let's but say I that that's true. Fill up with tears when we were interviewing back in the early days, missionaries and people off the field. Back when we were doing a bunch of video interviews, karate man, don't cry. You don't bruise on the outside, bruise on the inside. I'm just saying, but, but okay. So, but let's take your, your, your line. Okay. When you're saved, you get these gifts. Yeah. I was saved when I was five. How, what gifts did I get as a five-year-old? I mean, how do you know you got gifts and it's not just who you are as a person? I mean, you're five years old. Yeah. So, so the, okay, that's a really good question. So the gifts can be linked to your personality, but not always. So, for example, for me, I was a teacher, but I've been a reader all my life. So if, I, if I'm if i on the Strength Finder, um, I'm a learner. That's one of my things that I learn. I love to assimilate knowledge, and that just goes with me everywhere. Now, has God used that for the spiritual gift of teaching? Yes. But there are people who are learners in their in their personality profile. You don't ever want them stepping into a pulpit because they cannot connect. There is no mm. spiritual gift. Case in point, I remember um, I went on this mission trip once. And what we did is the first week we evangelized. And then this was a cool idea. We, we were in Hungary. We rented uh, a retreat center. And we took all the brand new believers that came to faith and took them to a retreat center for a week. And they were poor. I mean, this was, you know, post Iron Curtain Europe, man, Eastern Europe. And it was 90, gosh, the wall came down to what, 89? Is that right? And Sounds this about like, right. Yeah, this is like early 90s. And it was cool, man. Like they're like, yeah, I, I'll come, you know. So they all they came they came out and we wined and dined them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I meant to mute that. But uh here comes a train. And your dog. Thanks for that. But what happened was um there was this guy and he was teaching, and he was the worst teacher I think I've ever heard. And God was speaking through that guy. I don't know how to put it, man. It was like the the word of everybody was hearing powerfully from God, powerfully from God. And this guy could not teach the Bible to save his life. Mm. And it was almost like 
he was more prophetic than he was expositional. And I was hearing God's heart and God's voice. And it was, it was, it was like God telling me, Hey, you know, don't think just cause you can exposit that you can spiritually teach. Right. And, and, and so what I was going to say is, is maybe a helpful way for you to in all of our listeners, because I think that's a great question. You know, we link it to holiness. The word gift in the Greek is grace. Um, it, it, it literally means the graces. Now to us, this grace was given. Um, uh, if, if you read, um, let me just pull it up here. I don't have it in front of me while we're talking, but, um, if you go to Romans chapter 15, or excuse me, not 15, Romans 12. Oh, I said 15. Romans 12, Paul says, I appeal to you, and he says, he keeps talking about grace. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but with with somberness or soberness, sober judgment. And when he talks about the gifts, um, he, he says to each one of us, he says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. That's verse six. Let me actually read it to you how it sounds in the in the Greek. Let me read it in English again. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. This is how it actually reads in the Greek. Having graces that differ according to the grace graced to us. It's just grace, right? If God uses you, it's grace. That's why I used Peter earlier, because I believe that, that God often to show his grace, uses people that aren't all together. Now, um, you are gonna, you are gonna stem the flow of the Holy Spirit if you're in sin, right? That's where I believe that there's a shift at that point, either back to your natural abilities, where the Spirit's power is, is maybe a little bit stopped up, or the Holy Spirit continues to work through you because it wasn't about you. Like, undoubtedly, people have been saved. Um, through ministries of people that were doing uh, heroin and sleeping with hookers. Like undoubtedly people came to yeah. faith. You and I bumped into um, a, an individual uh, at a conference and we, you know, you're like, don't you know who that is? And I'm like, no, cause I was out of the country. It was a major scandalous figure. And I want to name that person, but oh. um, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we did meet him. I was I forgot that we met him. I know we talked yeah. about him, but I forgot that we yeah, met we him. Yeah, we sat next to him. We're talking. I made some joke not knowing who he was. And that's when you're like, I can't believe you said that. Do you, you know, because it in a weird way, had I known who it was, you would have never made that joke. And um, you know, so but again, it's it's these graces. Well, and that, and along those lines, I remember reading um I can't remember the author's name, but he wrote the book Imagine Heaven. And we interviewed him on the podcast, mm. and uh, and it's just full of all these uh, near death experiences. Burke. Is that what his name was? Yeah, John Burke. Uh, all these near death experiences, and some of the most amazing ones to me were when God used people who are not Christian and didn't believe in Him to save other people. Yeah, and I remember specifically. There's this one story. This guy, uh, he's in the doctor's office going through a stress test. He has a heart attack and he keeps dying and the doctor is doing CPR on him waiting for the paramedics to arrive because it's not a hospital. It's just a doctor's office. 
and they need to get him to a hospital. And every time the guy has to stop doing CPR, the guy dies again. And every time he starts doing CPR again, he brings him back. And the guy is like yelling at him going, I'm in hell. I'm in hell. You have to save me. Yeah. And the doctor's like, shut up, dude. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. And, but he keeps dying. He goes, you have to save me. And so he goes, you know, the doctor just went back to like, all right, well, I think there's something about, you know, asking Jesus into your life and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, walks him through this. And then the guy dies still. And when he comes back, he's like, I'm in heaven now. And like, it was, and so the guy ends up living and, and, and is, you know, like a, a, just a mad follower of, of Jesus. And to me, it's crazy because God used someone who wasn't saved. So absolutely to say that, yeah, I I totally get your point of God using uh, ministers and pastors who have like huge amounts of sin. He uses unsaved people. So he does. And in, in first Corinthians 12, you know, Romans 12 and first Corinthians 12 are the two major gift uh, chapters. And, you know, in that one in verse seven, it says uh, to each grace is grace, the manifestation of the spirit for the common good for to one grace is graced through the spirit of utterance of wisdom and into another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. And so again, the language, whenever Paul uses it, it's, it's awkward the translators don't translate, even though it's the same word, the charis word, which is why we get charismatic. But charis is charity. Charity means grace. I know we say it's love, but it's actually grace. The charismata literally means the graces. The gifts means graces because gifts are something you don't earn. Mm. And so it's it's helpful for people to know that this is actually the word in the original. And it reads awkwardly to us because, you know. By his grace, these graces were graced. But Paul's bending over backwards to tell us, and and I do believe that there's greater effectiveness through holiness. I do. But at the same time, just by nature, we have to be careful because that guy's still a sinner. And so are you. Hmm. And it's why I believe God uses Peter. Um, The only guy who sinned worse than Peter was Judas. And I'm not being hard on Peter. I think that God and Jesus was very strategic to to use him as the poster child of grace, as the guy who had been broken by his sin. And God's like, let me show you the people I use. And he uses Peter, busted up, broken, and just, you know, he surrenders and goes, Lord, you know all things. You know, I love you, you know. And there's like that surrender, like he's not going to argue that he loves. There's just a slipping into it. So, um, so interesting. Um, where where are we at for time? We got a couple more minutes. We got just a, like we're at fifty eight minutes. But you know, along the lines of what you just said, that a point that I always find fascinating. It's really I only discovered it maybe in the last two years. Judas was granted gifts when Jesus sent, you know, out everybody, he was one of the guys that got sent out, which means he did miracles. And yet he still ends up denying Christ. Yeah. I just, I I find that so fascinating. It's really, you know, Judas is an interesting guy, you know, um, there, there's different people that look at the translation of what Jesus says, like yet one of you, um, 
you know, uh, certain people are like, no, he wasn't saved. Other people are like, yeah, I think he was. And, um, it would, it would be greatly encouraging to me if we get to heaven and Judas is there. And, See, and the only reason why I, I never thought that was because isn't there a line, you know, it would have been better had he never been born. Isn't that one of yeah. the lines in the Bible? Yeah. Um, he, he, he says something, but woe to him by whom the son of man is betrayed. And when it says that he was, you know, destined, uh, you know, uh, the son of perdition or, you know, all those things, um, you, you wonder in that is Jesus, I, you know, I, I actually want to do a study on this because I've always assumed that Judas went to hell. And now I'm like, I was reading the other day where Judas hangs himself and I'm like, is that what Jesus meant by destruction? Because there is a sin that leads to death. I was musing on what did Paul mean by that? There is the sin that leads to death. And, and, and is he talking there about, you know, Judas? Is he, you know, so it, it's a really, it's a deep argument. I mean, what, what happened? But, um, I, I would find it greatly, um, encouraging if even despite that, Jesus was like, yeah, you betray me, but seriously, you could see Jesus forgiving even that. So. Well, I think you could very easily because he's forgiven me of all my crap. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, we, we know, don't know we don't know. You, right? We don't, we don't, we won't know on this side, but I mean, and, and uh, we know that there's only one thing that's unforgivable. Yeah. And so let me, yeah. let, me let me just kind of unpack how deep this rabbit hole goes um, in first Corinthians 12. And, and this is something it's really interesting because I served with Jeff, um, who was a prophet. And just so you guys know that, uh, or a prophetic leader, Jeff would, he would, he would like shrivel up if I said he's a prophet, he would, you know, um, I mean, in the, in the sense of the, uh, not the old Testament sense, but in the new Testament sense, uh, where, you know, he's a prophetic leader and, the, the apostolic leader recognizes other people's gifts. That's what he's really good at, which serves a great function for church planting. Um, and you know how to order people and line them up and put them where they need to be. Um, but you know, and you're, you're the mobilizer, but a prophetic leader stirs up the gifts in people. So if you have a gift that's laying dormant, the prophet is the prophetic leader in your midst. If you were in a home study with him, He's going to start drawing out of you. He's going to, he's going to see it and he's going to start pulling it out of you a bit. And I have watched that happen. I'll never forget that when Jeff came and spoke at Refuge Long Beach, there was a line of people like a crowd around him at the end because, and it, it wasn't like we just said, Hey, if you want prayer, we say that every week, but that morning people just, it's like they knew. And I, I mentioned how when he was out for two weeks, I ended up in a handful of exorcisms, like serious exorcisms with him. Hmm. And, and you know, we, when we were out there, we were in exorcisms and healings. And that's just what happens around prophetic people. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff, I remember once I asked him, hey, could you teach on the spiritual gifts? And it was like having my mind blown. Um, and he, he pointed out, he goes, you know, um, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he goes, there, there are three categories of gifts. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, look. He goes, uh, he says, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. 
And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And he's like, look, unpack each one of these words. These are the different uh, types of spiritual gifts. These are the categories. You can fit all the gifts we have listed into these three categories. Paul's telling you these are the three categories, but there's one Spirit. I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah. The administrations, if you have the King James, means services, diakonia, or services to be performed for others. He goes, the operations, verse 6, or energma, which means energizing, means a divine energy that enables us to perform a service. Same word is used in 1 Peter 4.11 and Colossians, those of you that take notes, 1.29. And he goes, and lastly, there's manifestations there's things in, in the word in, in Greek, there's phanerosis, which means to make visible or display. And he, and, and when he was, when he was talking, I, you know, I was like, what does that mean? And he goes, well, it reveals God's presence and glory. So if you read first Corinthians a little bit later, um, you know, two chapters down, Paul says that when the non-believer comes in your midst and you prophesy, prophesy, uh, they realize that the Lord, a great fear comes upon them, and they say, surely the Lord is in your midst. He goes, that's a manifestation. That's a revealing where God's presence and glory. And he goes, and prophecy does that. Sometimes healing has that. That's an energizing. It can be a service, but it's also, they they have these different effects. And he goes, so certain ones, like a service would be the gift of helps, right? Um, the gift of compassion. Um, preaching, when we have someone preaching, that's an energizing, right? It's There's a power, there's an anointing where people are saved, and you just go, whoa, that was the Lord. And so I had never seen that category, and we're going to get into this more. We we need to kind of um, really stop here, but let me, let me kind of, let me tie a bow on this. God revealed himself the most powerfully through a person. Um, Hebrews 1 brings us out. That God revealed Himself uh, in the past through spoken words, but finally through the the words of the prophets. But then He sends His Son, and He comes in Jesus, and that was the greatest revealing. Well, Christ lives in us, so in the New Testament there is still that idea that God wants to reveal Himself through a person, through people. Right? That's why Peter looked at that crowd and said, "This is for all of you guys. It's not just for." Uh, for us as the 12, we're to equip the saints. This is for you and your sons and daughters and as many as the Lord our God will call. This is successive to generations. God is still wanting to reveal himself through you and your gifts are a vital part of that. If what we're doing is preaching the grace of God, then the gifts manifested through you are the grace of God in action through you. And there's my mic drop. <laughs> Doink. <laughs> I dig it, man. I dig it. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is, uh, if you don't have the spiritual gift of, let's say math and, uh, and not a spiritual gift, Pete. and, and organization and, and, uh, taking care there's of a gift. Yeah. There is a gift of that. Yeah. Administration, uh, of workman's comp, uh, can you outsource that spiritual gift to someone else? You can. 
And and who would I outsource that kind of spiritual gift to? Well, let let me tell you, as as an apostolic type leader, I happen to recognize you might have those gifts. And I would say simplifiedchurch.com. What? It's a website. Yeah, simplifiedchurch.com. Get in touch with them and they'll take good care of you. They'll let you know all that they can do for you to take care of your giving needs. I dig it, man. I dig it. Simplifychurch.com. Josh Henry telling Pete and Peyton's at you. Yeah. And they won't they won't like tell you one thing to your face and then put all kinds of other stuff in your contract. So that way you have to return Simplify Church within 72 hours. They won't do that. They will not do that to you. Taking charger. Talking charger. Sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, this has been. Oh, and by the way, um, coming soon, and it might be Monday, on reachingtheunreachbook.com, there's going to be a package if you pre-order that's going to have a bunch of freebies for you. What? Yeah. And uh, you can pre-order my book and get a bunch of exclusive content and freebies. And if you guys appreciate the podcast and you're like, hey, you know, I love that Peyton and Pete show up every week. I tell you what you can do. You can buy a case and take your church plant through my book. I don't ask for much. Right. But but I'd ask, hey, this is the one time I say buy my book. And uh, this is the one time I love that. Oh, I talk about my book all the time. This is the one time. Okay. Just so (laughs) everyone knows. I'm going to ask this a bunch coming up (laughs) that you buy my book and church planners out there. If you buy a case of this, let me know and I will make it worth your while. What? What? So, hey guys, thanks for joining us today. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you if you want to Reach the ones no one's reaching, need to go where nobody's going, and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, Leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Church Planner Magazine.